Okay, in this video, we're going to be talking about three of the <clears throat> potential verticals that I'm most excited about for Cardano. Okay, uh, just a little background on what I do. I'm kind of like the guy that talks to uh, some of the most widely known developers and impactful developers on the Cardano blockchain, as well as people that are building projects on Cardano, as well as people that are investing projects on Cardano, and people that are even interested in the governance, right? The governance aspects uh, on-chain governance, and then even doing the kind of Voltaire beta of being active members of Project Catalyst. Right. I just kind of I, I, I've gone and I've talked to game developers. Uh, I've actually stayed a week at a massive metaverse company and have had the you know awesome luxury to chat with a lot of the product team for that metaverse company in Dubai. So what I've been doing over the last year is getting as much context as I can from all of these parties to see where is Cardano going. I boiled that, that down into basically three current understandings of what the biggest impactful thing for Cardano will be. And that's what I wanted to kind of share in this video. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now, I will say that all of the opinions I talk about on all of my videos can change uh, as I get new information. So make sure to like this video if you get value from it and subscribe so you don't miss out if the landscape kind of shifts. I will fill you in. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> Number one is a sneaky one because it's not what most people are going to be thinking about today. A lot of people, when they think about crypto and blockchain today, they oftentimes are in two groups of people. They're either People that own crypto on a centralized exchange, maybe trade, uh, maybe just you know passively invest, and that's all they do. And there's people that actually interact on chain and invest in protocols that are being built on chain, like startup investing. It's very, very risky. If, if crypto is risky as is, then startup investing is even riskier. Now, these protocols are being built on different blockchains, right? So that's where I'd like to begin, because my first sort of prediction is that the most uh, exciting protocols built on what we call a layer one blockchain, right? So this is Cardano, Ethereum. Uh, you could even, you know, make separate arguments for Cosmos and, you know, Polkadot, Polkadot, right? Uh, these layer ones, right, with nuance there. To the cosmos community you know are very uh much the focus of today's cryptocurrency investing because projects that are being built have to be built on something so most projects are built on a layer one now here's the thing my my first prediction for cardano is that all of the best protocols and projects being built on cardano will not be the best protocols and projects being built on Cardano. Let me explain. I think uh, a more 
a more accurate framework to view Cardano is to view it as an ecosystem. Now, if it's an ecosystem, let's picture Cardano as the nucleus of the ecosystem. Let's picture Cardano as the core, right? The root, right? And it will grow all these beautiful things. Now, what actually those beautiful things will be probably built on are what we refer to in the Cardano community as specialized sidechains. And what you need for a very strong uh, sort of like partnership between a sidechain and then a layer one is you need the sidechain to have, you know, special value. And then you need the L1 to have special value. Let me explain why Cardano is great at this. Okay. And this will make sense if you've been following Cardano and why they're making a privacy blockchain, Midnight, or their EVM blockchain, Mamba, right? That's been very behind the scenes. But <laughs> this uh, L1, which is Cardano, okay, it's very secure. It's so secure, in fact, and it's so decentralized, in fact, right? And <laughs> there's, there's even a group uh, amongst Cardano that's trying to make it even more secure, right? By trying to figure out the best parameter changes to make in the future. But we have 3,000 different SBOs. So those are stake pool operators, otherwise known as validators. Now we have this thing called the K parameter, which is built for 500, right? So obviously, just for people that aren't going down the rabbit hole there, let's talk about that. Because Right now, we have we have an overflow of validators. We have too many validators for our K parameter. We actually have more than is necessary. So this is where Cardano is perfectly set up because not only are we using a functional programming language on the layer one, and we've proved, or we're proving, I should say, that other languages can be used on specialized sidechains, right? But here's where it gets interesting. See, sidechains... Why would they want to partner up with Cardano? Well, it's because if you're building a side chain that wants to specialize in Rust or Python or wants to specialize in OpenAI, right? And, and have the best tooling, language, uh, just functionality and processes for artificial intelligence models to be linked to blockchain somehow, then you might not want to focus on all of the things that you might need to focus on if you wanted to have a consensus mechanism internally or your own validators. Because as soon as you have your own validators, it becomes pretty centralized and all of the things being built on that blockchain become more vulnerable because if you have 30 validators, right? And you got to find them, you got to incentivize them. You might have to make your own token it complicates the process because it makes it more overwhelming than to just have all of these great functions for your sidechain to be the best sidechain for AI. So here's where Cardano makes an incredible uh, partner in these cases, because what we've figured out how to do, right? And once uh, I would just wait on seeing Midnight rolled out or seeing Mamba rolled out, to give this validity. So just wait for the affirmation. But we, we, what we've uh, figured out how to do and what we're figuring out 
is to allow for this side chain that has all of the great processes for AI to not need a consensus mechanism, to simply use ADA for transaction piece, let's say, to simply use ADA or whatever else they want, because we're figuring out how to make it so that way when somebody does a transaction fee, you know, it gets, if they use a stable coin, let's say it gets swapped into ADA at the time of transaction, that's called Babel fees. Nonetheless, they're using ADA as their core token, right? Now, if they're using ADA as their core token, when the transaction is done, they're using the L1 of Cardano for any validating, for the for any consensus. So the sidechain is now as secure as Cardano is, right? So all of that work of building an incredible proof of stake system with liquid staking, where every blockchain is going to need to go. And I mind you, we're also using local state. We have uh, the EUTXO model, which really breaks breaks things apart, which is why we're able to scale and create these side chains that tap into the L1 security. Opposed to having more global state, like some of the earlier uh, kind of iterations, right? I believe this is probably why Charles left Ethereum, because you just can't get so far with global state. You know, it's it's like it. you need to be able to break these things apart in a way so that way transactions can be done on these side chains and still use the same validators on the layer one. So essentially, what does this mean for Cardano? It means that our utility for Cardano gets infinitely more scalable as we have more specialized sidechains that are running on ADA because more transactions are being done, not on the layer one, but on the layer, on the, on the sidechains, right? So that are using Cardano as a consensus mechanism, okay? So my prediction is based on all of that technological explanations that might go over some people's head and might be perfect for some people because I am not even explaining it as technically as possible simply because if I do that, I think I'll, I'll bore a lot of people. So that's the basics, okay? that create this sort of prediction where Cardano, one of the biggest reasons Cardano can be incredibly successful is because it will be the infrastructure, the layer one, for thousands of these side chains and basically partner up with a side chain, give them the SDK to become a side chain of Cardano, let them even use ADA and focus on the tooling, okay? Each side chain um, will have its own ability to be profitable using this SDK. I predict you're going to see all sorts of negotiations done. You might see certain side chains that have a really uh, profound uh, use case and it's all researched out and it's like a big deal uh, allowing for ways that they can kind of monetize so that way they can up their tooling and operations over time. And you might see some side chains be go the complete open source sort of, uh, um, yeah, just like decentralized route, right? Nonetheless, we're going to shift away from every side chain trying to be a, the basics of a blockchain, have their own consensus mechanism and all that stuff. It's garbage. And we're going to move 
away from that and just be like, okay, what's the core root of trust here? What's the best layer one that we can have do all that stuff for us? So we're decentralized, we're up and running. One of the reasons Solana would shut down is because they only had so many validators, right? And when the validators couldn't handle the load on the network, they needed to shut down and kind of process things days after, right? So, so when you have um, five validators and you know they can't process things or you got to shut them down, the whole blockchain shuts down. Solana is not going to have any sidechains because it itself goes down. Cardano, on the other hand, is strong and it's up and running because we have so many SPOs running the network. All sorts of ways. We have bare metal SPOs and then we have SPOs that are running things in the cloud. Okay. So that's prediction number one. Now, the next one is kind of interesting. So uh, this one, so I have two more. The, the, the first one is actually a governance framework. So this one gets a little bit, it's like, it's not DGEN in the way that like DGENs are like, you know, doing, uh, it's philosophically a little bit DGEN. Like, let me put it that way. It's not DGEN in the way that, you know, people are selling or buying NFTs for millions of dollars or selling them for whatever. It's more or like, or buying NFTs for $500 and maybe they crash and go down to zero. It's not DGEN from the financial way. It's more like, philosophically gangster. Okay. So bear with me. I think uh, if Cardano is able to get its governance, right. And right now there is a SIP. So we're kind of seeing history in the making. Now, after reading this SIP, I've been actually pretty impressed with what they've come up with, though. I do suspect we're going to see some backlash from the community on certain areas. And I think it's going to take some time to work out that backlash and feedback to a more refined SIP. This SIP is a Cardano improvement proposal is what SIP stands for, for basically the on-chain governance of Cardano. This means that the founding entity is going to decentralize the uh, blockchain by like not being the sort of founding entity and turning over all of their power, essentially, to these bodies that were defined in that SIP. Okay. Now, to explain this a little bit, uh, to put another layer of paint on this, it's, it's defined right now, this is how things work, that Cardano has three entities, right? You have the Cardano Foundation, and then you have this entity called Emergo, and then you have this entity called IOHK. They all had different roles for basically getting Cardano to where it is today. The last part of the roadmap for Cardano is this phase called Voltaire, where we basically decentralize everything. So we haven't finished that yet. Certain aspects of Cardano are already very decentralized. However, this part isn't. To give you an example, and there's other parts too that I won't get into today, to change the actual parameters of the blockchain, to allow a governance structure to have some things in a constitution that's on chain that can never be changed or Bitcoined in, but also to leave the rest of what's possible to be uh, adaptive and changed by the uh, people that want to participate in Cardano's governance 
is what is happening right now. So at first, or like currently, before Voltaire, you have these three entities, Cardano Foundation, Emergo, and IOHK. And IOHK has three keys, Cardano Foundation has two, and Emergo has two. To make any parameter changes, to do a hard fork, like the Vasil hard fork that we had, right? To do things like that, you need five of the seven keys to validate that that's what we want to do. So how it's been happening is essentially IOHK takes three keys, right? So like they're in every single one of these sort of uh, confirmations because they are kind of like the technical know-how behind Cardano. And then either Cardano Foundation or Emergo delegate two keys to them so that way they can do a parameter change. Now, to have those three bodies kind of phase out is a big step. It means that the Cardano community is taking over. And I believe where I could see this augmented governance, because this, this same on-chain governance could be what's used to run a country one day. So let me put it this way. If Cardano and if the Cardano community can use Cardano as a body of research and experimentation, but at the same time, incredibly careful research and experimentation, like nothing will be implemented in a way that can harm Cardano because of these fail safes that are kind of built into SIP 1694. Then if we're successful, we could see Cardano and the way that it does governance just move over for countries to use the L1 of Cardano to basically validate any changes that their country wants to make, right? So we could actually see, now I know a lot of people are focused on payments for countries, but nobody's really focused on governance for countries. So this is where I think Cardano is actually leading. And we've seen governance, we've seen all these different types of governances, you know, we've seen democracy, we've seen all different shades of what democracy looks like. We've seen all like just so much, you know, different styles of governance. But what we haven't really seen is governance get disrupted by tech yet. So this is my personal prediction that we are going to start to see that and Cardano's laying the bedrock. This one could take a bit longer. However, if you have countries leveraging the L1 of Cardano, just so that way they can augment their governance to more modernize it. And it's it's kind of like, is a country using your blockchain? I mean, it's pretty nuts if you think about it. So that's, the, that's number two. Now, because I'm running out of time, I'm going to have to go through the third one quickly. Essentially, this one is the most unrefined thought. So the other two I've seen enough I've seen enough buildup for, right? That I'm very confident in the other two. Like the other two to me are pretty, I preface them well. So there's a lot of nuance. So don't take me out of context, please. Um, but if things go in that logical progression for both of those, then yeah, we're going to see amazing products built in the Cardano ecosystem, just not on the Cardano layer one. And yeah, we're probably going to see govern governments leverage the blueprint that Cardano is trying to make with an augmented governance style using blockchain. Uh, the third one is actually ADA being a reserve currency. This is because ADA 
Bitcoin. I think um, what sometimes what sometimes can happen is I take the logical progression of the last two and I kind of mold it together into the reserve currency thesis because what would give a cryptocurrency value if it had uh, the ability to run thousands of side specialized side chains, I mind you? Yeah, okay, that gives it some value. If it was basically the governance blueprint that countries are using and they're val validating all of their major um, congressional decisions and all of their legal you know, decisions and laws that they pass on the Cardano blockchain, does that give it value? Yeah, it gives it value. What do you need a, re a reserve currency to have? You need it to have some intrinsic value. And if it's decentralized where countries around the world are using it and side chains with project products that are being used globally are using it, that's a lot of intrinsic value, right? Bitcoin is kind of something that the people can get behind and all trust, but it doesn't have the same intrinsic value. I think a reserve currency thesis with ADA would actually just mean, and plenty of people laugh at me when I say this, but I, I have if the last two things develop, which I think can happen again, I, I don't want to be filling people with hopium, then I think what you could see is a reserve currency, a digital reserve currency collateralized by ADA and maybe Bitcoin. Just saying. So that's it for today, folks. Those are the three things I'm most excited about Cardano. And, you know, if something, if something steals a lot of how Cardano set up itself, then it could also have those same effects. Uh, Cardano has been kind of in play though for like five or six years. So it's just really far ahead from like actually putting things into place though. A lot of it took time because they had to research solutions and then they had to test those solutions to make sure that they were the best way to go. And that's where another competitor blockchain that could be doing a lot of what Cardano is doing up till now could kind of, you know, make six years into two years, potentially, it would still take a lot of money and funding. So I'm not sure if it will happen. I'm excited for it, though. If it's Cardano or another blockchain, I'm excited for it because this is, I think, where layer ones are going. Take care. That's Jay Crypto. And thanks for watching.